go. What? Sad. Uh, talking about the Colts is what we do on call in. We. Hey, we're talking about the Colts, and this was the worst loss in the history of the NFL. The, the biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. Can you believe that? Is that not just completely ridiculous? It is totally ridiculous, completely insane, that you lead a game 33 <laughs> nothing, and you wind up losing 39-36 at the end of overtime. You know, and the Vikings, they, it didn't really matter whether they won or tied, they were still going to clinch the NFC North, but they went ahead and went for the win instead of taking the tie because, my God, that fan base up in the Twin Cities deserved that. I got a call at halftime from a, a friend of mine, a grade school friend of mine named Art Larson, and, and Art lives up in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and he's married to a wonderful woman whose dad grew up in Minnesota, in like Bemidji, and uh, played football and loves the Vikings. His wife loves the Vikings, and he could not be happier that the Colts were tattooing the Vikings' ass because he's a Bears fan. We grew up north of Chicago, and he loves the Bears. And he called, and he was like, hey, man, just wanted to thank you. The Colts are kicking the Vikings in the mouth, and this is wonderful. What I had tweeted not long before that was, hey, don't celebrate early. Don't be tempted to celebrate early. So, uh, you know, we did, but this is about you. It's a time to vent. So let's vent. Uh, let's go to Chris. Um, how you doing, Chris? Make sure and unmute. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, so, uh, this is <laughs> after watching that, um, when we got to halftime and we were up 33, nothing, um, I, I couldn't help but think to myself, the Dallas game, we gave up 30 some points in the fourth quarter alone in that game. Right. Yeah. So it, uh, so I, I knew it was possible. Um, I'm embarrassed. Uh, I've been a Colts fan my entire life. Um, ever since they, they they came to Indianapolis. I actually live in Ohio now. Um, I pay for Sunday ticket to watch the Colts. Now this was on TV. So regardless, but um, I'm actually embarrassed for every person that has ever considered themselves a Colts fan after watching this. I am. Um, I'm not even, I'm not mad. I'm not depressed. I'm not upset. I don't even know what I am. I, I mean, when you, when you watch something like that shake out and it's your team, it's, it's, it's almost unimaginable, but in the in this season, what we've seen, from this team, uh, debacle after debacle after debacle, uh, it's reality, and it's it's um, uh, it's tough. Um, it's real tough. It is really tough. And and you talked about um, kind of how tough this is, and and that in the fourth quarter, the Colts were uh they were outscored by the Cowboys in their last game 32 nothing in the fourth quarter they were outscored in the fourth quarter today 22 nothing so in the past two games they've been outscored in the fourth quarter 54 to nothing i got to believe that that's the first time in the history of the NFL that's been done and and that might be a record that's never broken it, it's a shame that this team has come apart in the way it is but it has let's go to david how you doing tonight david? 
David, how you doing? I cannot hear David. David has unmuted himself, but he is not audible to me. So we will go to Jakari. David, rejoin the line if you like. Jakari, unmute yourself. How you doing tonight on the uh, on the night of the worst loss in the history of the NFL in the regular season? You know, I'm still doing good because I, I just don't care anymore. You know, yeah, you know, I'm waiting for the draft. Hopefully, that's not too far away. But if I see another wide receiver screen, I'm gonna lose it. It was second and nine. I seen a wide receiver screen, and I just started screaming like I'm about to get evicted. Like it's crazy. <laughs> Colts fan, fan evicted over hysteria of. Uh... Parks Frazier calling wide receiver screens. That'd be a We had a total of like zero yards on wide receiver screens, maybe like negative two. It, it's really hard to imagine that anybody thought that, let's say after the first three netted nothing, you know, that Parks Frazier sat up in the booth and thought, you know what, you know what, I, I got this, uh, I got this ace up my sleeve. We're going to throw the wide receiver screen at him. It's like Shooter Flatch and Hoosiers running the picket fence at him, except this never works. We we don't even get proper blocking on it. Like it's right. just the wide receiver getting tackled by the cornerback. There's not even no blocking, no opportunity. We just need to go get a quarterback and we need to bring in a big name receiver because we need some playmaking and a new offensive coordinator, definitely. Yeah, you know, I feel bad for Parks Frazier being put in this situation. It, it was kind of a boy, his chips for his career were kind of in the middle of the table on this thing. And and the uh, the nauseating number of wide receiver screens has kind of put him in a position where I don't know what kind of job he gets moving forward. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Jakari. And, yep. and be good neighbor and, and don't scream about wide receiver screens. <laughs> Let's go to Gary. How you doing, Gary? Hey, Kent. How's your Saturday been? This has been just terrible. Indiana didn't show up in Lawrence, Kansas, and the, the Colts played the best 30 minutes that I've seen a Colts team play in years and then the worst 30 minutes that they've ever played. Yeah, then you and I are in the same boat. I see, This Indiana basketball team, eh, who cares right now, but the Colts mirror the Indiana football team in many ways. Don't have a quarterback, no wide receiver's help. It, it's it's you got to tear down and they got to start from from some much scratch. All right, let um, me ask you this, Gary. Do, yeah. do you do you do that? Do you trust Chris Ballard to be able to do that if you're Jim say, or do you move on from Chris Ballard? I think right now I got to move on from Chris Ballard. He got us into this mess. You, you trust him enough to get out of the mess. I love it. Thank you very much. I You're appreciate welcome. the call as always, Gary. Let's go to Rich. How you doing, Rich? Uh, kind of a terrible night, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, me doing my same stupid stuff I always do, getting hope up at you know halftime, and I'm I knew better. I knew better, but you know, I thought thirty three and nothing, giving up the worst blown lead in history, not going to happen. I can trust these guys. It's bye week. We we got this shit figured out, but no. Um, it's same old, same old Colts, uh, you know, uh, going to, you know, the question about what to do, I, we got to blow it up at this point. Like, yeah, we, we did pretty good on our defensive line as far as seven sacks, 11 quarterback hits, but the fact that we allowed 460 yards 
to Kirk Cousins and pretty much, I mean, almost all of it came in the second half is ridiculous. And then our play calling is just absolutely awful. We had 31 pass attempts. Only 19 of them were caught, right? Yep. Pittman got 10 of those. 10 of those 19 went to Pittman. Nine went to other receivers. And Pittman got an average of six yards per attempt. Other receivers double that at 13.5 yards per attempt. So I don't understand why we keep targeting Pittman. And on top of that, he got... We keep treating Pittman like he's on I'm losing you, Rich. I got to go to Bijan. How you doing, Bijan? Uh-oh. Wait a second. I didn't know you hit the wrong button. There you are. Bijan, how you doing today? Bijan? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I hear you. How you doing? Oh, good, good. Um, yeah, today was uh, was pretty rough. Um, I, I just I had a couple of questions. I was looking at the, the picture of the Colts. Do you think any like credible or like really top notch credible GM and coaching candidates are gonna want to deal with the fact that Jim Ursay can kind of just step in whenever he wants to and kind of kind of essentially just can take take complete control? Um, do you think that's gonna deter some of the top tier candidates? And then also, what I, I'm I'm pretty much done with Chris Ballard, but what do you think about um, Ed Dodds? Uh, being promoted to GM, or is it just maybe clean, or would you rather just clean house entirely? You know, here's the thing with Ed, and and same with Morocco Brown. We get a chance to kind of quiz those guys once or twice a year, and and the one time that I'm always there is during camp to talk to those guys, and they seem like real smart people. But I don't know, you know, whether I I don't know what to what extent those guys advise. Uh, in consent for Chris Ballard. I, I'm not sure about that. Chris Ballard's kind of the head of the pyramid. And he's built, this is year six. And what he's built right now is a four, nine, and one football team with three games left, no chance at the postseason again, and no quarterback, and an iffy solution at left tackle. And a guy, your your chief edge rusher is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. And Stephon Gilmore is kind of getting old. And all of a sudden, like you look at your roster and you see a bunch of number twos at wide receiver. And you're not really sure what the hell's going on. But you're not like I'm not sure how much of this lays at Chris Ballard's feet and how much is on Jim Ursay for kind of, you know, stepping in and demanding that Sam Ellinger play and then stepping in and firing Frank Reich and hiring a guy who has never, ever, for a minute, prior to becoming the head coach of the Colts, he's never been a professional or college football coach ever, ever, ever. So I, I, don't, I, I don't know what you think, but I do know this. I do know that the majority of NFL owners are crazy people. Because they're, they're, uh, they're billionaires and they've never been held accountable for anything. So you've got Dan Snyder and Steve Ross and Stan Kroenke and you've got the McCaskies and you've got Ziggy Wilf up in Minnesota. Uh, you've got the, uh, Fords 
the Clay Ford family up in Detroit. You, you got a lot of kind of wing nuts. The Bensons, I think they're still the owners down in, in New Orleans. I think Gail Benson is. Yeah, you, Jerry Jones, you know, go ahead and point to a sane one other than the Packers. The Packers are sane because they have no owner. Their owners are the people who have bought stock in the uh, in the franchise. And that's a wonderful way to do business. And I think it kind of explains the the consistency of the operation of the Packers. But, I mean, for me, uh, Chris Ballard kind of threw his chips behind that offensive line. And that offensive line utterly failed today. And, and you can't have where you put your chips and buy your chips. I mean, Jim Irsay's money uh, behind a position group who utterly fails when it's time to hold on to a 33-point lead, and it's their job to make sure that you don't fail. Like, this is, uh, that's heresy. And and you can't support that if you're the owner. Now, if you're a general manager uh, candidate, do you want to come to Indianapolis and work for Jim as a coach? Do you want to work for Jim and the general manager that's hired that's a really good question. Uh, let's talk to uh, Leon. How you doing? Can, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. How's it going? Uh, good, good. I'm a little bit organized today, so I got a question for you, a statement, and some positive news at the end. But real quick, quick, fun fact. I was actually supposed to be at the game today. I, me and my friends had tickets. I live in Minnesota, but because they flexed it to Saturday, it took me out. But luckily for me, I was able to resell the tickets since there's a lot of Viking fans that wanted to go. But my question to you is, uh, Kent, do you believe in tanking? No, I do not. If this is not proof of tanking, going up 33 points and literally, like, I believe if we ran every three downs, we could have ran out the clock of how big of our lead was. But it was you know, when you get up five scores. You really, you you almost have to win. In fact, to this point, nobody has ever lost in a regular nope. season game a five score lead. It's never ever happened. I I totally agree with you. We are breaking all the wrong records. Uh, <laughs> last last game against Dallas who was the most scored points in a quarter, and today is the biggest comeback on a deficit. So hey, we got a couple of new banners to go up there. But the other thing I have issue with, and I think <laughs> – keep putting up them banners, you know. Uh, but the other thing I have is we have the most expensive cheerleader and Dar- – sorry, Shaq Leonard. Darius was the better player. but And also we have the most expensive spectator who is Big Q, who literally gets front row to Matt Ryan and tear it apart. But the good thing I have for everybody uh, is, hey, if everything goes well at the end of this week, will be in a top five pick uh, for hopefully a future quarterback or do something with that pick. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with you. It's, uh, it looks like, and I don't like tanking. I think winning is always better than losing. But right now, it, it's much more likely that the Colts get a top five pick in the draft than it is that they go to the playoffs. That's for damn sure. So, Would you but draft thank you the quarterback very much. this year? Real quick, what? would you draft the quarterback or would you do something Man. else with the pick? You know what? The only guy that interests me at all is uh, C.J. Stroud. I don't like the Levis uh, kid, Will Levis, from Kentucky. I don't like him. I, d- I don't know that Young is big enough. But Young, not being big enough, that's not a deal breaker for me. If there's a guy 
that I would draft. I Look, I'd rather have the right coach and the wrong quarterback than the wrong coach and the right quarterback. You know, you've got a situation with the 49ers where you got Brock Purdy, who is Mr. Irrelevant, the last guy to go in that draft. And because he's got Kyle Shanahan as his coach, and Kyle Shanahan is really smart, he's doing exceptionally well. I think you can win with a mediocre quarterback and a great coach. I don't think that you can win with a mediocre coach and a great young quarterback, if that makes sense. That makes sense? Definitely, definitely, yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good day, and I'm sorry you didn't go to the game. Maybe you would have turned the tables for the Colts. Who knows? Hey, how's it going, Ken? How are you? There you are. Uh, Disappointing Saturday, you know, like it always is. I just want to say thank you for having this part of it, man. This is awesome to be able to speak to you. I watch you every weekend on your YouTube channel. I'm a very, very big fan of the channel. Watch it all the time. My question to you is, who gets the Jim Irsay hack this week? I mean, when you got yeah. Jelani Woods going up and catching a 36-yard bomb and then never going back to him again, and as far as you saying, Park Frazier, call another fucking screen. Excuse my language. I'm so sorry. Call another screenplay. Like, I'm with you, man. You can only call so many before they catch on to it. Like, but my question to you is, who do you think Jim Irsay, you know, gets in this week? Like, does he do anything about it? I don't know what's left to do. I mean, they're down an offensive coordinator. They're down a tight ends coach. Uh, He could fire Chris Strasser, the offensive line coach. But then you're down to, as a position coach, who you got? You got your running backs coach, Scotty Montgomery. You would have Reggie as your wide receiver coach. You could could elevate Kevin Mawai as your offensive line coach. But, I, yeah, I, man. I'll tell you what, if you're, I'm, I'm just staff, or if you're in this it's front so office, you are packing your bag because on January 9th, yeah. the, the curtain comes down on this operation. It's so disappointing to be a to be a Colts fan this year, you know, like to to have all this faith in our team that we build up every weekend and then come out to be worse than you were the last weekend. You know what I mean? Like, it's just hard. <laughs> like, much love to you, Kent. That's all I got to say, man, from a Blue True Colts fan. I'll keep watching you every weekend, man. Much love. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Michael. But first, you know, as we talk about uh, uh, about this Colts team and, and what we've watched, this has been the weirdest season I've ever seen. I, I haven't seen any team have this kind of season. So really, at halftime, even though I saw 33 nothing, and I said to my wife, I said, Julie, that's a five-score game we got now. There is no chance that they lose this game. In the back of my mind, I thought, you know what? If ever there was a team and, and a, a, a moment where a five-score lead wasn't safe, it is right now with these Colts. And by God, here came the Vikings, and uh, they win this thing 39-36. How you doing, Michael? Well, I'm doing all right. I got a couple things here for you. Sure. 1,548-2-1 one, is the league's record when up by more than 30 points. What does it say that again? 1,548-2-1 and one in terms <laughs> in the, the history of the league is the team's record that's up by more than 30 points. And you Does can, that guess, what the, you can game? guess what the two is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you know what the other one was? Not not right off the top of my head, I don't. Okay. Uh, that, uh, the, I know what one of them was, though, and you do too. 
Exactly right. And my other thing is, do we? Do you think Jonathan Taylor has regressed? Well, I think the ankle's the problem. And I think that, you know, I was yelling about it that first drive because I didn't know that he'd tweaked his ankle. And, and that says something about how the Colts kind of staffed their offense. Like, I thought, well, they just made the decision that they would rather have Deion Jackson or Zach Moss in there than Jonathan Taylor. Because in high leverage situations, a lot of the time, Jonathan Taylor, they sit him. And, and that goes back to when he was healthy last year, too. And they would, they would choose to deploy uh, Naheem Hines rather than Jonathan Taylor. And I just didn't get it then either. But, um, y- you know, I think that a high ankle, high ankles are tough. Coming back from those, really, really difficult. Sometimes they take up to a year to heal. And I, I think he is, he is a grinder. He is the closest thing to Walter Payton, I think, in attitude and in ability that I've seen in the NFL since. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yes. So I I think, you know what, if if ever there was a guy who's going to have a a follow up year to that eighteen hundred eleven yards that was going to be similar, I think it would be Jonathan Taylor. And it's just a shame it's not. Um, I don't I I don't like a, a lot of people suppose things. And one of the things that they suppose is Jonathan doesn't work very hard or that Shaquille Leonard doesn't want to play, that kind of thing. He got his money, so now he just wants to sit back and collect paychecks. And that couldn't be further from the truth for these guys. Absolutely right. So I I get a little bit tired of people speculating about that. But thanks very much for the call. I appreciate it, Michael. Have a good one, man. Absolutely. Get in line. We'll go to Fulton next. And I just want to remind everybody that if you go to pristine auction, pristineauction.com slash register, and you use the code Taylor to register and really cool, and you can get a great deal, but you'll also be uh, entered to win either a Darius Leonard signed jersey. It's signed Darius, not Shaquille, so I'm saying Darius. Or a Quitty Pay black Colts helmet with a blue horseshoe that is just beautiful. It's not a mini helmet. It's a full-size helmet, and it's awesome. So go to pristineauction.com slash register and use Taylor as your code, and you're in. And uh, I want to take some more calls after Fulton, so get in line if you don't mind. Uh, Fulton, how you doing this afternoon and into this evening? That was a long game, wasn't it? How you doing? I am. I, I got to tell you. This has been just a terrible day with Indiana losing. I know it's been a terrible day too, Ken. I'm I'm the same way as you. Yeah, I know. We we've been watching it and we watched the close game. It was like thirty six to thirty six, and then there was a OT, and then the Vikings won. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. It was is thirty three nothing, then thirty six to seven, then thirty six to thirty six, and then. And then thirty nine, thirty six in the wrong direction. So, enjoy. Right. I I did enjoy it. Yep. It was um it was a good game. So, they need to um make it to the playoffs for next year. Um, they need to get um Matt Ryan. Um, they got to get a new quarterback and. Yep. They do have to okay. do all of those things. Thanks for the call, Fulton. I appreciate it. Let's go to David. How you doing, David? There you Can are. you hear me? Yeah, how you doing, David? 
Pretty good. Sorry about that earlier. Hey, man, this is the biggest shit show I've seen today. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. I think everybody's up for trading. I think I would, I don't know what I would do, Kent, man. I've been a co I'm 42 years old. I've, I've been watching since a long time. I, I don't know what to do. I really don't. I think Ballard has to go. I think I would hire the old offensive line coat, offensive line guy, over, what's his name? He's assistant back there. Fire the head uh, coach. I don't know yeah. what the hell. Somebody needs would, to would do you fire, would you? I mean, we got three games till the end of the season. Would you fire Jeff Saturday now and have Gus Bradley kind of take us in, or what would you no, do with I, I would keep Saturday just for shits and giggles for somebody to talk about the Colts, but I would fire the offensive line coach and hire that um, Maui guy, the old offensive line guy. You remember yeah. him back in the, 90s, in the 90s? Yeah, Kevin Mawai, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would hire him as my offensive coach and hope to God he ain't like uh, um, Frank, uh, like Frank Reich, and they're all preachers. I, I'm, I respect the preacher and everything, but we need somebody getting their ass. I ain't gonna lie to you now. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to hold people accountable, right? The people who just like pacify these guys, whether it's professional athletes, college athletes, whatever, and you know, treat them like they're delicate flowers. What a disservice what? they do to these guys. Well, here's the thing, Ken. I'm gonna be real honest with you. You got a uh, big Q getting twenty fucking million dollars a year to watch somebody to sack his quarterback. You got the highest paid line, man. Come on. You know yeah, what I, mean? I agree with Jim you. Ur- Jim Irsay has. I agree with you a hundred percent, David. Thanks for the call. Thank uh, you, brother. There you go. Well, uh, yeah, the the game. It was terrible to watch. It was terrible to experience. And and I don't think we're ever going to forget it. Uh, you know, we invest a lot of time and a lot of energy in being uh, in following these teams. What, no matter what team you you follow, whether it's, you know, the Pacers, the Colts, Purdue, Indiana, uh, Butler, whomever it is, uh, there's a lot going on in our lives and, and to carve out in, in the case of today's game, like five and a half or four and a half hours to watch that nonsense and watch your Colts cave in like that. I don't believe that the Colts did anything on purpose. And people are talking about tanking because it's impossible to conceive of losing a 33 point lead in a game if you're not tanking, but really it's impossible to conceive of tanking if you're building a 33 point lead, right? So that's uh, that that logic kind of runs aground with me. Uh, I the Colts will never tank. Jim Irsay would never allow tanking. He would never support tanking. He would never hire anybody who is wired that way. These guys, every single week, what they have done their entire lives, and this is the front office or coaching, minus Jeff Saturday because he's never been a coach or in the front office. These guys, they earn their spurs by building winning teams. The the fizz for them is winning. The carbonation of their life is winning on Sunday. That's what they crave. They crave that feeling that they get after a win. And when they don't get that feeling, they're just absolutely crestfallen and hollow inside. They would never feel that way on purpose just to elevate the... Uh, um, the draft status of their team. It's just unfathomable to me. Uh, let's go to James. How you doing, James? Make sure and unmute yourself. How's it going? 
James, unmute yourself. I want to hear what you have to say, and it is impossible unless you unmute yourself. So, and now he's, there he is. Unmute yourself. Colts lose, 39-36. How you doing? Yeah, out of the room again. Let's let's give it one more shot because we don't quit. We don't quit. All right. How you doing, James? I'm I'm good. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm no still trying this process. That's so, so embarrassing. There's been so many times throughout the past that things have never been in the NFL, and then it turns around, and it's the Colts that create the new situation of an embarrassing moment. <laughs> the Colts. I wonder how that that's Yeah, happened. they've been the punchline of the league this year, haven't they? Uh, forgive me if this is our Covered, but is it is it Nick Foles' turn? You know, I got to think that it is. I think it's unfair to keep putting Matt Ryan back out there and get his ass beaten all over the place, given the fact that even when he's clean, he can't deliver the ball with any kind of precision or any kind of velocity. So I don't know why you would put his health at risk in order to create a situation where the reward is so small. And Ellinger, we know, can't play. Like Ellinger, yeah. there, there's no question that what happened at New England is going to happen next week against the Chargers or the following week against the Giants or the last week against the Texans because that is right now at least what Sam Ellinger is. Yeah. So I, I kind of hope that that we get to see Foles and what Foles would do with the weapons that they because he throws a good ball. Like watching him yeah. in camp. Like you'd see Pierce streak down the sideline, not really be sure who threw it, because maybe you're talking to Rick Venturi or something, and Rick's saying something really smart, and and he comes down and it's just feathered right in there, and you look, and sure as hell it was Nick Foles. Yeah, you know every single time. So I'd love to see Foles in there. Do you? Would you be in favor of Saturday finishing out the season as a coach, or would you like to see the Colts part ways with Jeff, just as kind of a mercy firing? No, I think they ought to just stay with what they've got for right now. What what more do they have to lose, you know, except for three more games? I think yeah. it would be too disruptive. I think that's a point. That's a good point. Thanks, James. Have a good rest of your weekend. Let's go back to Fulton to wrap things up. Fulton, how you doing? Good, Kent. Um, I never told you this, but um, well, um, I'm on a team, the basketball team. Oh, very good. Uh, we're called the Heroes. Um, so we'll be having our next games um, next next year around uh, January sixth to April. So oh, that's fantastic! Hopefully, you guys could come and watch the games sometime. All right, and and here's the first rule of basketball: Do you know when to shoot? Um, let's see. Um, yeah, I do. Um. You- you, you, like I have you to, shoot like, every throw time it. you touch the ball. That's when you shoot. You only yeah. shoot when you're holding the ball. And then okay. you shoot all the time. Never stop shooting. Always shoot. There's no glory in passing it to a kid who does shoot. The glory is in shooting. I appreciate it, Fulton. Thanks very yeah. much. And good luck with you're basketball. Welcome. I'd like to come to one I of will. your That'd be terrific. Has uh, left the building. Colts lose 39-36 in the most embarrassing regular season loss in the history of the NFL. There, there is no, there is, there, there's no rival. 
Nobody has ever lost a 33-point lead in the regular season. This is unprecedented in the annals of the National Football League. And and we were there to watch it. And isn't that glorious? Thanks to everybody for coming in. Hey, uh, Monday morning, breakfast with Kent, right around 7 in the morning and in and every weekday morning at 7. And then inside Indiana Sports Now at 4, 431 News Breaks. You hear it here first. And uh, I appreciate that. Thanks so much for hanging.